And welcome, everybody, to episode 90, 90 of the Regression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. Joining me today, as always, are my good friends, Keegan Thompson and Aiden Haller. Keegan, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, doing good. Just uh, ready to talk some ball, ready to talk some matchups, ready to, of course, give the best start-sit recommendations in the entire fantasy community here today but i'm locked and loaded got a glass of wine in my hand i'm, I'm ready to record i like that keegan you uh you pretty much nailed it on the head the only thing i'd like to add is um that was nice watching jordan love run for his life for three hours tonight that was um it's small victories you cursed him for my, you cursed my him sports. you said he might be good <laughs> you said he might be good now yep. he turned into a pumpkin and that's what we call a reverse jinx, baby. So, no, that was nice. Uh, my sports fandom's dark, but he looked like he had, like, no confidence tonight. So, um, yeah, no, that was a good time tonight. <laughs> Aiden, Aiden tipping his hand here. We are recording Thursday evening around 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. On today's episode, we have our Week 4 preview. We'll kick things off with a deep analysis on the biggest matchups of the weekend in Matchup Spotlight. And afterwards, we're going to go position by position and give our start-sit fantasy advice. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Fantasy drafts are actually coming back with Best Ball Resurrection. More details to come, but you can put your in-season knowledge to the test and begin drafting after week six for Best Ball Resurrection. If you don't want to draft right now, you can always head over to the Pick'em Lobby and put your knowledge to the test and win cash prizes Underdog Fantasy now has an exclusive offer for new customers. Not only will they double your deposit up to $100, they are offering a mystery pick'em special when you sign up using promo code RTM. Best Ball Resurrection, are you ready, boys? Are we going to start doing live drafts for the resurrection? Are, are, the, draft, are the draft videos back? Maybe. The people need it. Know. The people need it. I don't know. It. I can't even wrap my head around drafting. Where would Jameer Gibbs go? Seventh round, maybe. <laughs> I'm not I'm not drafting him, actually. Oh, That's geez. funny you ask. I'm not drafting him anymore. Guys, speaking of underdog, I am officially a uh, weekly winner's winner. Uh, as what? of last Whoa. week. I, tell not the a winner winner. Not a winner winner. Why didn't you uh, tell us? $25 off of weekly winners. I placed uh, in the top seven. What? I think it was like top. Right, out, right under the top 800. So. A place like uh, seven hundred eighty something on the week last Look week. At you, you sharp. Not too bad. Big big wins. It's in his Twitter bio now. Seven hundred seventieth in weekly winners week three. Congratulations, Keegan, for those five dollars. We are very very excited for you. Twenty five, twenty five, twenty five. Big win. Well, you yeah, put some respect. Well, actually, on you put in you. fifteen. It was a fifteen dollar entry, so twenty. So tw- ten bucks. You're t- you're no, up. Oh, we're 10 talking bucks. just profit. La la la. Whatever. We're talking profit. Okay. Matchup Spotlight, if you've been following this channel, Matchup Spotlight is an opportunity where Keegan, Aiden, and I go in-depth and break down every fantasy-relevant angle from the three most fantasy-friendly games on the slate. I will be starting us off today, and no, I will not be talking about Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud in the fast and pass-happy Colts or Texans. I'm going to be talking about the best matchup of the NFL season so far, I'm going to be talking about the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Fellas, I'm excited. Are you excited for this one? It, uh, I'm fired it up. It's going to be a hell of a I could care less matchup. about these two teams. 
You hate him. Oh, you hate will him. not be tuning goodness. in. Oh my goodness. No bias. No bias at all over there from Keegan Thompson. The Dolphins are heading to Orchard Park to face the Buffalo Bills. This is a home game in Buffalo in October. Weather is forecasted for a perfect 73 degrees, kicking off at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We're so lucky that we're getting this one in Buffalo in October instead of December. In December, the Bills are actually going to head to Miami, so we're not going to have much fantasy impact from weather from these two high-scoring teams, which is great. What does Vegas think of this game? So Buffalo is favored by three points, and the over-under here point total is 53.5. This game actually opened at 49.5. So Vegas or the public has really bet this total up. 53.5 seems pretty hard to hit, but um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how is pace going to shake out? So pace is always super important. We talk about it a lot here on this podcast. Pace is super critical in understanding how many plays are going to happen in relative games and how pass happy are these teams going to be. When we pull up Miami and when we pull up Buffalo, Miami is 14th in adjusted pace. Buffalo is 30th. Miami's pass rate over expected is 21st. Buffalo's pass rate over expected is 8th. I'll pause for a second. Pass rate over expected essentially is a metric that takes a look at neutral situations and tries to determine if a team is running the ball or passing the ball in these situations. If a team is more pass happy in these neutral situations, they have a higher pass rate over expected. So that's super key statistic to have. And we look at no huddle percentage. No huddle percentage is super helpful too to get an understanding how fast teams are going to play. The no huddle percentage breaks down for 14th for Miami and 8th for Buffalo. So taking all that data, because I just threw a lot at you, Buffalo is pass happy and plays slow. Miami has surprisingly been run heavier to start. I think the week three Denver massacre may have had something to do with that, but they play at a pretty average pace. So when you look here at this ranking where it takes like average pace plus pass rate over expected from FanDuel here, it actually has this as the 13th out of 16th like um, pace matchup, essentially. So usually we like to highlight super pass-happy or super pace-friendly duels here for fantasy, but it's hard to deny the explosive big play potential that both of these offenses have and why they're going to be so critical and why it's important that we call this out. So when we're looking at the specific matchups, right? Miami's defense has surrendered the 10th most points to running backs, the 16th most points to QBs, and the 12th most points to wide receivers, and the 7th most points to tight ends. You can move the ball on Miami, right? They've been susceptible to getting scored on. The Bills defense has surrendered the 11th least amount of points to running backs, the least amount of points to QBs, the 3rd least to wide receivers, and the 7th least to tight ends. So the Bills on the season have been very stingy against the offensive they played, but caveat the bills have beaten up on zach wilson jimmy g and sam Howell. so when we're looking at it when miami has the ball from a schematic point the bills defense wants to play with dbs on the field they're lighter and faster and they're a defense that's honestly set up to stopping the passing game they, they primarily play in zone coverage Tua has been one of the best passers in the league against man coverage this season but he hasn't been a slouch against zone either he currently has the best passer rating in the league against zone coverage. So this Bills coverage unit versus Tua, that's a strength-on-strength matchup. So that's one strength-on-strength. Tua versus this Bills pass defense. Tua's been incredible 
And he's basically been a god throwing the ball over the middle of the field with a 158 passer rating on those chill, attempts. Chill, 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 chill. Hey, he's been incredible throwing the ball over the middle of the field. I'm going to give him his flowers. System when he quarterback. It. Almost 40% of his passing yards are coming from the middle of the field. The Bills have done a phenomenal job covering the middle of the field this season, yielding a 33 passer rating, which is third best. Another strength-on-strength matchup. So we have a Bills defense that's basically set up to stop Tua in this Miami passing offense. Really intriguing. So you're thinking, Sean, this is a relatively slower-paced game. The Bills defense looks like it can stop Tua in the passing attack. Well, well, we just saw what this Miami rush offense did last week against Denver, and I think Devon Achan is it? I, I am in a blender over this. Achan, it's Achan, I think. I, I, Aiden, do we have an idea now? We talked about this. It's definitely not Achan. It one hundred percent is a chain. It's not. It's not a chain. But it's not Achan either. It's a. It's either a chain or either Achan or or Chan. Or is it A Chan? It's A Chan. A Chan. Divine a- Devon Achan. There it is. I'm going to leave with the A and M. Who's your match. source? Devon Achan. Is it, it, I think it rhymes with 4chan. No disrespect. Pl- the best way to exploit the Bills and how they're playing with more DBs on the field, typically than like backers or heavy personnel, is to run the ball on them. The Dolphins' run game against Denver last week was downright diabolical. They ran the ball 43 times for 350 yards, averaging a whopping 8 yards per carry. The Bills' rush defense has given up the ninth most yards before contact per attempt and the second most yards after contact per attempt. Their front isn't penetrating in the run game and their smaller defenders are allowing extra yards after first contact. The Dolphins' rush offense leads the league in yards after contact per attempt and is third in yards before contact per attempt. So this is shaping up to be another nice game for the Mostert and A-Chan... I can't do it. The Maybe. And Maybe. H- the, 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 the artist formerly known as Devon A-Chain Battery. So, again, Miami looks like they're in a situation where the Bills are set up to stop them in the passing game, but they look like they're going to be able to run the hell out of the ball against the Bills. So when Buffalo has the ball, the Dolphins' defense has been pretty banged up with Jalen Phillips out and key members of their secondary missing time. They allowed the Broncos to move the ball like pretty consistently, and they were torched on the ground by the Chargers in Week 1. The Dolphins primarily run zone coverage with six defenders in the box. Uh, Josh Allen this season has been pretty solid against zone coverage, but has seen his ADOT drop from 10.4 in man to 6.4 in zone. What's interesting is the fact that Miami actually has the fifth highest ADOT of any team this season, and they have the fifth highest percentage of deep throws faced. So Allen wants to throw the ball deep. Miami's been pretty good at stopping it, but teams have tried to throw the ball deep on them. So that makes me think that Josh Allen might get a little greedy and throw some bombs to Gabe Davis this weekend. I don't know if they connect, but I kind of feel like that's going to happen. That's all I think he that's, does. I think, I think like, that might happen. That's all he Josh like Allen does is get greedy. In the I, think, I think we're going to so see greedy. Allen get super greedy against this defense. So, but at the end of the day, like it's, it sounds boring, but it's got a 53.5 total, like, total from Vegas. But both of these teams are going to score if they run the ball. And man, Miami's front just hasn't been great. The underlying stats tell the story of a front seven that's just getting pushed around. The Dolphins, on average, have surrendered the second most rush yards before contact through three weeks. Their stuff percentage, which is a stat that measures if a defense is able to generate a run that does not result in the first round or touchdown, 
less than four yards on first down or less than three yards on any other down is a league low 32%. The next closest is Arizona at 36. So this front seven is getting pushed around. They don't stuff people in the run game. And the Bills average the seventh most yards per four contact per attempt and have been stuffed on a second best 37% of their rush attempts. So that run game isn't getting stuffed. That run game is making things happen even before contact. And then you sprinkle in a little James Cook, who's like top 10 in every single rushing efficiency metric through three weeks. This is setting up for a major, major James Cook week. So breaking that down, I I think it's going to be really hard for Miami to throw the ball on Buffalo, but I think they'll be able to run. I think it's going to be tricky... I don't know. I, I, I You're going to start Tua. You're going to start your studs. Excited to see Jalen Waddle be back. We'll see if it's strength on strength, if strength prevails. But I also think the Bills and Josh Allen are in a position to take advantage of a suspect Miami defense. And I think this is the big James Cook week we've all been waiting for. A couple quick nuggets before we go to our next game. In his lone healthy game against the Bills last year, Tua had 11 fantasy points. In his last three games against the Bills, Tyreek Hill has been held to an average of 14.5 fantasy points per game. In seven games as a Bills, Stephon Diggs has averaged 19.1 fantasy points per game against the Dolphins. As it currently stands, and this has nothing to do with this matchup, but Raheem Mostert is averaging 28 fantasy points per game. <laughs> that's, his, that's his average through three weeks. And uh, this is a fun stat. The Bills' defense has forced the third highest checkdown rate to running backs this season. So look for the Miami uh, running backs to get involved in the past game. But that's a that's a big, hefty matchup here. Um, I went through a lot of different angles, but I think you're going to start your studs, but be really excited about the running backs that are going in this one. So I am pumped. It's a good one. It's a good one. Huge divisional um, implications, obviously. Bills have already lost one divisional game. Uh, and that Monday night thriller that Keegan uh, will be replaying in his his mind for the next couple of months, it's years, ever decades, I don't this know, year. for a long time. But um, no, it's going to be a banger. That that total's really high. Um, under. I don't see many totals north yeah, of 50. Under. Yeah, for those of us under. legally gambling. Um, yeah, that's probably an under for me. Um, but should be a good one, dude. It's, yeah, a lot of strength on strength. I think we're going to see the run game kind of dominate, like you had alluded to a little bit. So um, I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's... It's the marquee matchup of the weekend, without a doubt. If you have made it this far into tonight's episode, we appreciate you. We thank you. If you haven't subscribed yet to the Regression of the Mean channel, go ahead, hit the like button, subscribe, turn on the notifications. We appreciate you for supporting, being a member of the Mean team. Thank you. We We really appreciate it. Moving on to our next matchup here. Aiden, why don't you take, uh, take the horn? At this point, I'm I'm kind of becoming the resident Chargers guy. Um, Keegan was kind of our offseason Bolts Nation guy, but I'm kind of starting to take the reins. This is this is two weeks in a row. I'm covering um, LA's second favorite football team, and we are talking about the Las Vegas Raiders taking a trip into SoFi this Sunday afternoon. Um, don't need to worry about weather. We are we are Dome Bros through and through. Game is going to be nice and cozy in there. Opened up at four and a half, um, up to minus five and a half for the Chargers. So, again, it's kind of that murky area. Anywhere between three and seven, you're kind of in that kind of yucky zone, um, just in terms of ATS. <laughs> Both teams are one and two. Um, so, this is kind of a weird number. Um, you kind of want to get closer to three or seven, but both one and two against the spread. So, you never know. 
As for the total, this opened up at 50.5 and has dropped down to 48.5. Um, so the Sharps are kind of telling us the number was set a bit too high by Vegas, or at least the early line movement would suggest that. This is currently the second highest total of the weekend following the matchup that Sean already highlighted. In terms of uh, over-under stats, the Chargers are 2-1 and one, um, in favor of the over, and the Raiders are 1-2. and two. So we're kind of starting to get enough data to see who's friendly in terms of covering over-under and um, ATS matchups. So just something to keep in mind. At a very high level, when you look at this on paper, this figures to be one of the more fast-paced games of the weekend. Uh, checking in at fourth in terms of, Brandon, I might mess up your last name, Brandon Gadula's FanDuel pace metrics. Um, the Chargers are the much faster team, ranking just inside of the top 10 in terms of seconds per snap. Vegas is actually second to last, but given the fact that both of them pass at just over 60% of the time, I figured the Raiders will probably be playing a bit of catch-up to the Chargers' pace and kind of play more of their style. So I think this should be one of the more exciting games of the weekend. I think both quarterbacks are absolutely going to be slinging it. I'll get into some metrics here around running backs, but I think for the most part, this game favors the passing game on both sides of the football. Looking at the Chargers defense, um, again, take this with a grain of salt given the <laughs> Tua game and last week versus <laughs> the Vikings, but this is what they've done on a position-by-position -position basis. They have given up the most points on a point-per-game basis to the quarterback position and the wide receiver position, 12th most to running back, so just about mm -hmm. league average there, and closer to league average with 11th to tight ends. On the other side of the football, the Raiders are right around the middle of about half of these. It's kind of flip-flop here, actually. They are 11th most to QBs, 14th most to wide receivers, but they are giving up the fourth most to running backs and the fifth most to tight ends. So a couple of things to highlight here. Um, obviously, starting against the Chargers defense is those points against the quarterbacks and running backs. Um, Jimmy G's status is still up in the air. He's been limited, he's been limited in practice today, which leads me to believe he is on pace to play on Sunday, which is a huge boost for this Raiders offense. I'd be a lot more confident with Jimmy out there versus a potential Brian Hoyer or even Please Raiders' no. favorite no, Aiden O'Connell. Please not Brian. Please not Brian yeah. Hoyer. Anything. But anything. you know the Raiders' way would be Brian Hoyer instead of Aiden O'Connell. As, as he like Patriots it would guy. be Brian Hoyer. So it's Patriots like it's, guy, it's silly. It's the Patriots' way, and it's a truly miserable thing. But it would be Brian Hoyer. But all signs are pointing towards Jimmy G, which I think is really important for this matchup. Um, by no means do I think this means Jimmy G is going to have a massive game and, you know, be QB one on the week. But I do think this spells very well for Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers, who Jacoby Myers has been sneaky good. He was out week two with a concussion, but both of them having extremely solid starts to their years. So, again, assuming that Jimmy G is the quarterback, playing both of those guys with confidence. Um, I think both of them, you know, Top 20, top 25 plays, especially Devontae. He's a top 10 play. Uh, may have been wrong about him, but we'll see. We'll see if the milk continues to fester <laughs> <This> is, there. <laughs> you're, uh, anytime yeah, we'll we see. fade Devontae, it does not end well. well. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, we'll see. The milk's been left out for a couple minutes. I might be able to get it back into the fridge and not be spoiled, but we're not sure on the Devontae take. So we'll see. As far as Josh Jacobs, I don't know what to do here. Um, obviously, you're playing him. 
But again, the Chargers, in terms of like being beat, you're probably not beating them on the ground. Um, the Raiders haven't been running it quite as heavily as we expected to. So like, I wouldn't say this is a plus matchup by any means. So Charles Jacobs is obviously in your lineup, but I'm not doing backflips about, you know, what he's potentially going to be seeing this weekend. So again, the two guys that are the most exciting on the Raiders offense that should be no doubt starts are Devontae Jacoby. Outside of that, you've got Josh Jacobs too. Anyone beyond that, uh, good luck for you. As far as the, the other the side Jacob, of football. The Jacob thing is interesting because they've been, I, I saw this, they've actually been running a ton of like eight men in the box and he's been stuffed at the line of scrimmage and they're like totally selling out to stop the run and make Jimmy G beat him. And it's just kind of been Jimmy G hucking it to Devontae Adams as teams sell out to stop the run. So that's interesting call out. With the three of them on the field, they've all played two games together. They've combined for 95 of the offense's 107 opportunities between Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, and Josh Jacobs. It is those three, and that's it. 95 of 107 opportunities on the Raiders' offense. That's pretty narrow. It's pretty narrow. Dark, pretty uh, touch pretty cool, though. Pretty cool if you're one of those guys, though. It's like, we feel <laughs> yeah. very good. It's like, it's a very yeah. narrow funnel, and my guys are going to touch the ball pretty much one every, like, two or three touches, which is pretty badass. Pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, as for the other side of the ball, pretty, um, pretty, pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool. So there's obviously two guys we're going to highlight at first. There's a third who, um, you know, TBD. It's the Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen show. Um, we've already seen it thus far, and it only becomes that much more important with the absence of Mike Williams going forward. Looking at Justin Herbert, he's QB two in fantasy, second in the NFL in passing yards. I don't really care that the Raiders are 11th against QBs. Um, they haven't played a quarterback like Justin Herbert yet. So this is a locked in top five QB play for the rest of the season. Justin Herbert is that special. And the type of game script they play and the lack of defense that the Chargers possess, he's going to be slinging the ball like crazy every single week. That's just an absolute no brainer. So this is, I, I'm pretty much just penciling him for 300 yards or more every week, which is awesome. So Justin Herbert smash. Keenan Allen, what a fucking dog. What a pace this guy is on to. His, his first three week what averages. A run out. What a run out for that guy. 13 targets, 11 down. catches, 134 yards, and just under one touchdown a game. Obviously, that's not sustainable, but I don't think we're going to see a massive drop in terms of production. He is going to be a weekly wide receiver one especially with Mike Williams out. Joshua Palmers and Quinton Johnston will be looking to pick up the uh, slack a bit. I think they're going to get the tight ends involved quite a bit more. And it also brings me to my next point is, is Austin Eckler returning this week? Going back to one of my points, the Raiders are fourth in terms of giving up the most amount of points Please to opposing running backs. Please tell me he's playing, Aiden. Tell me he's playing. Please if tell me he he's playing. he is returning, Aiden, what a matchup to get him back into it. If he's not, we are back to a plus matchup with Josh Kelly, and it's just like... Roll him out there, baby. Let's go. You have to, right? You have to. Josh, like, you probably have to play him again because you probably spent some fab. You probably made a deal for him, maybe with your <laughs> league mates. And I don't know. It's like, I just hope Eckler's out there because Eckler obviously would be a top five play this week at the running back position, if so. But I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. So... Plus, play for the running back room. Fingers crossed it's Eckler because I'd much rather watch Eckler. Start Josh Kelly or draw 25. 
<laughs> Guys, I, I don't know what this means, but Austin Eckler tweeted a photo of himself practicing. He, he's been leaving a ton of breadcrumbs this year, and this I like time. that. He cares about us. He cares he's, about he us. Was, he was practicing, and the emoji he used was the stock graph going up. Yeah, trending. Kind of sounds like he's trending up. Yeah. I don't know. The last thing I, I want to highlight to before my lineup. I miss you, Austin. Please, please get well. He's good for fantasy football. I like when he hits the air guitar. I don't even own it, but I I just like watching it. It's really exciting. I think it, I think it's really sweet. It's a it's a killer celebration. Uh, I don't even have him. I just love when he oh, strums cool. it. I just no, he's just rocking just really out. Just really good vibes. Really good vibes. Um, last thing. Do not be surprised if Parham or Gerald Everett make their way into the end zone. Vegas has been pretty lousy. Fifth most to tight ends. Already surrendering two touchdowns through three weeks. Uh, it would be nice if it was Gerald Everett because Parham has all three of their t- uh, tight end touchdowns. So let's maybe spread it out. Let's maybe get to Gerald Everett because he is all over our best ball teams. And Gerald Everett deserves a touchdown. So I'm calling my shot. I'm just going to narrow it down. Gerald Everett scores a touchdown this week. And that's how I'm wrapping up my weekly preview as your resident Bolts guy donald parham has as many touchdowns this season as kyle pitts does in his career don't say that you're law <laughs> oh oh that's just i got that's... sad keegan why don't you take us home you you've got our last oh, matchup here and you get to discuss uh my sweet prince so i'm quite excited to see your take on this matchup okay okay so we are headed to another dome for this matchup well i don't know if they'll have the roof yes. up or not. uh the weather should be nice in indianapolis but yes the los angeles rams are traveling to lucas oil stadium to face off against anthony richardson and the colts this weekend um over under currently 46 i think it opened at 45 and a half so not much movement there the spread is kind of like a pick them right now i mean it's colts minus 0.5 points currently opened up at colts minus one so i mean these guys are kind of neck and neck and implied team totals here uh which i think is good for this matchup um and speaking of the matchup this should probably be one of the higher pace games if not the highest pace game of the weekend um, through three weeks, Indianapolis is fourth in plays per game. They run 71 and a half plays a game. LA, the Rams are sixth in plays a game, running about 71.1. So only a couple decimal points there away from each other. Um, Indianapolis, first in adjusted pace this year. I mean, that is even including a Gardner Minshew game in there um, as well to affect that number. They're also 16th in pass rate over expected. And they're second in no huddle rate. Uh, so Indianapolis plays fast. They play fast and they play quick so often. And it's been a treat to watch. I like this up-tempo pace that they're kind of keeping up with with their offense. Um, the Rams are definitely no slouch either, though, as I mentioned, sixth in plays per game. They're also 13th in adjusted pace, third in pass rate over expected, um, and 16th in no huddle rate. So I mean, Indianapolis should drive the pace in this game, but the Rams will also be kind of in the shotgun seat, helping drive it as well. Um, The Rams are passing a lot. I mean, they're fifth in pass percentage plus pass rate over expected. And as I mentioned, you know, they're 13th in adjusted pace, so they're definitely no slouches, and they're not a slow team by any means. Uh, I think it's going to be a great, great matchup. Um, Now, for the fantasy implications here, 
The Colts defense, we'll start there. They're currently ranking pretty well against the run, and their unit looks much improved from last year. Um, they're ranking top 10 and run defense grade by PFF and also EPA allowed per play on the ground. So they actually are going to provide a pretty tough matchup for one of the early waiver wire darlings of the season in Kieran, Kyron, whatever, Williams. I'm not sure what that one is either. Kai, we're calling him Kai. We're calling him Kai, Kai Williams. Williams. <laughs> Kai. Um, I like Kai. But where the Colts are a little deficient on the fantasy end is uh, they're seventh against fantasy wide receivers this year in to- total points per game, allowing just shy of 43 points per game to the position. Um, I think that is going to be a matchup that I'll look at on both sides of the ball is how well these wide receivers will perform. Um, as far as running backs go, I mentioned they're already improved unit. They rank 19th against fantasy running backs and points per game allowed to the position, which is pretty good, uh, all things considered. Uh, but they're fifth in fantasy points per game to the quarterback position this year in fantasy at about 22.1. So good matchup for Stafford, good matchup for Tutu and Puka. And Puka I'll talk about in a little bit here as well. Um, as far as the tight end position goes. How is that a real... I oh, know. Every time offense? I say it, it sounds Tutu, so goofy. Tutu and Puka. Not We're real. getting trolled. Not real. Um, but as far as the, the, the last position goes, as far as fantasy relevancy, um, Colts are 17th and points per game allowed to the tight end position. So I'm not expecting like a big blow-up game from Tyler Higby here or anything. Um, On to the other side of the ball, the Rams defense. Right now, they are one of the zone-heavier teams in pass defense this year, but they rank last in team coverage grade running that scheme this year um michael pittman for a little nugget here has been eating against zone coverages this year and he's seen a lot of success against that scheme he has 36 ppr points against zone this year and has a 22.2 percent target share against it as well he's also returned 140 receiving yards and 60 16 receptions on 90 routes against zone. So I really like the Pittman matchup against this Rams defense. Um, looking at some other things for the Rams, they've been pretty good against fantasy running backs. They're 21st in fantasy points per game allowed to the position at about 17.8. Um, they're 18th in fantasy points per game allowed to the wide receiver position. Um, I don't know if this will be a huge blow-up game for the entire passing game in the Colts, but I do love Pittman in this matchup, especially noting all of those uh, kind of like zone numbers that I just highlighted. As far as Indianapolis offense goes outside of Pittman, uh, Richardson is back, um, you know, last or two weeks ago before he went out, he was at like 18 fantasy points in like 14 game minutes. <laughs> I mean, he was on pace for a monster day. had already run in the ball twice before getting knocked out with a concussion. So I'm excited to see him back. I definitely think the no huddle game script and the faster pace of play suits Anthony Richardson. A bit more, not to say they didn't play with pace with um, Gardner Minshew, but this offense is kind of tailor-made, built for Richardson, so it'd be good to see him back out there. I feel like the running backs at Indianapolis will definitely suffer with Richardson back. Um, Zach Moss, we're kind of looking at you here. Uh, Your scoring opportunities are just going to get zapped with Anthony Richardson back in the lineup, and that's no... (laughs) Aiden... It's not to my hero. You're Zach wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> Respect. Um, he might though. No, Keegan has a point. This here, is though. a. Yeah, um, I mean, this is. Yeah, yeah, there's two waiver wire darling running backs in this matchup on both sides of the ball, and like I feel like if anybody's stock hurts the worst from Richardson being back, it's Zach Moss. I'm not saying he won't be a productive fantasy player, but it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out this week with Richardson back. 
Um, but as far as Indianapolis offense goes, I think it's wheels up for Pittman. I think you start um, Anthony Richardson, obviously, in his first week back from injury. Um, Josh Downs could be a sneaky play this week. Um, I just think the pace Whoa. of the game will um, kind of have a favorable game script for the passing game. And I think Josh Downs is starting to show um, kind of himself and the role that he's carving out in this offense. So I'll be excited to see that. For the Rams, I highlighted this a little bit, but I love Puka. Love, love, love Puka in this it's a matchup. Great matchup. I'm going to save matchup. some stats when we go into start sit. Uh, a little sneak peek. Ooh, teasing. 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 Um, I do have uh, Puka and my uh, wide receiver start Puka. Every time I say Puka, it just makes me laugh. There's no way it's a real, wow. yeah, you, real player there. Yeah, you wow, say it with like a very big emphasis on like Puka. a P. Puka. Puka. That's how you Puka. pronounce it. Yeah, like, though. You, get, you, um, you guys say poop like, like that. Poop. It's like mouth you guys say potter. Yeah, potter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the poop. <laughs> Brian from family. <laughs> why are you saying it like that? Cool whip. So why are you saying it like, like that? What? Cool like whip. what? Like what? Like what? Um, oh, yes, but um, anyways, yeah, I love Puka's matchup this week. I think Tutu's is good as well. And Stafford should be an okay quarterback this week. Um, we're fading Kyron Williams this week, though, against a much improved Colts run D. He's only he hasn't even wow. exceeded three point eight yards a carry yet in the game this year. And the Col- is, Colts have ranked is really that a bonus well. sit. Yes, a bonus sit that I'm not even going to dive into wow. when we go into start sits. But yeah, overall, like that. fast matchup, fun matchup. Lot of youth on the field in this game. Uh, Richardson is back. Uh, I think this game will will probably play out to exactly what the total is. I can easily see them both putting up like twenty points. I don't see it being a crazy high scoring affair, but I feel like this one will be very entertaining, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited for Anthony Richardson to get back on the field. Um, what an exciting talent he is! I I didn't really expect him to like stick so early, and it was such a bummer not having him in my lineup. Um, last week like kind of just a question for you guys do we think do we think the running maybe slows down a little bit to protect him is do we think that rushing volume and upside is zapped a little bit given the two early injuries just through three games or through two games really i'm curious what do you guys think about his overall kind of rushing floor um just out of curiosity I think they're still going to run him. Like that second injury he had was just how he landed. I don't, I don't yep. know. Like, and then the f- end of the first game, uh, the end of the first game, I'd be more worried about where he was just taking too many hits in a game they were clearly going to lose, and like, he, yeah, or like protect yourself in, game, in that regard. And something too to keep in mind, he self-reported his concussion symptoms. Like he pulled himself right. out of that game because of a conversation he had with Trevor Lawrence about protecting himself. So. I think that they're working on it, but I think he has to run. It's part of what makes him special. It's part of why they drafted him. He already has three touchdowns uh, on nine I, design run plays. It, He's scoring 33% zone, dude, on his design run plays. When he goes when he goes in the red zone, it's gets game checker. Yeah, it's light it's checkmate. It's over. It's it's his uh it's his ball. It's like Jamin, it's like Jalen Hurts kind of. But Jalen Hurts is like kind of lame because they just get him to the 33 yard line it's like time to to just push him in um i just want to see someone stop it but um zach moss is still here zach moss the zach he's not going anywhere zach moss Moss sedan is gonna run out of steam soon he's gonna run out of gas zach moss on he looks incredible i believe in zach moss more than i believe in 
Kyron Williams. I don't give a rat's ass about Zach Moss, okay? Missing out. He burned you once. He's going to take me to championship glory. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Um, And that's going to... That's right. going to do it for matchup spotlight. So if we're going to look at this from like maybe more of a betting angle, we go under Dolphins, uh, Bills. We go over Ravens, Colts. And we go what? Under Chargers, under Chargers. Raiders? I, I think I would lean under there. I would probably that, I would probably do a sneaky backdoor Raiders cover too. Whoa. Wow, you're really feeling yourself there. I think the Chargers think the are going to dog walk right. the Raiders. I think I think I think so too. But, but that's Raiders what we think about every Chargers game they play in and he, they don't he makes ever pull away. <laughs> they don't ever Their do defense that. is terrible. <laughs> he makes a point here. They should have lost and, to the Vikings. They and Staley goes for it on his own 20 and stuff. No, Brandon Staley refuses to win by more than a score. You're right. Never. Rational coaching. I, I think if no. they have Eckler, though, it, they should. They sh- if they have Eckler, they should bow race him. I'm sorry, yeah. their offense is so freaking good with Austin Eckler. So. Week four, QB start sit. Keegan, why don't you kick things off here with your QB start of the week? I have a start of the week, um, and I feel like there is somebody better to talk about that specific QB in this group of ours. So I'm going to add in my little talking points about that QB when we get to him. But I brought an additional one to the party today. Um, and speaking of parties, his name is Purdy. The Brock party is here oh. for this week as my start Whoa. at QB. Um, look, it's no way. It's, all it's about- not even Brocktober. It's not even Brocktober, dude. Wow, that's uh, crazy. It will be, won't it be? By the time he plays. Um, Look, it'll be Brocktober. Yeah. Um, oh, Brocktober, baby. Let's look, go. 49ers, highest implied team total this week. Uh, 29 points. Arizona's allowing the seventh most fantasy points to the quarterback position per game this year. He's coming off a 310-yard passing outing with two touchdowns, and he's finished as a top 15. I had to double-check this. He's finished as a top 15 fantasy scorer in seven out of nine starts so far in his career. I mean, he's about as safe as it gets when it comes to just, like, consistent fantasy starter. And I think this week he has another opportunity to do exactly that. If he could just add a touchdown to his stat line from last week, I mean, he's going to be cooking in fantasy land. Um, I love Brock Purdy as a flyer start. I love him as a you're-not-sure-what-to-do start. I love him as a, hey, I don't like the options that I've got right now or my matchups are bad start. I just think he's a really, like, Low-key, consistent QB play this week. And also, Arizona's been very competitive this season. And I'm adding that in to my assumption that San Francisco is not just going to like walk away from this game and having crushed them. I feel like Brock Purdy and... Oh, they're going to crush them. They're going to absolutely grind them into dust. Whatever, Mr. 49ers fan. um, Put it aside No, I'm just telling you, they're going to beat the living shit out of the Cardinals. (laughs) I'm just telling you right now. Well, we thought that with the Cowboys. Hey, this is is my segment. Shut up, all right? They're they're coming to San Francisco. It's going to be a dog. No, they're not coming to San Francisco. They're going to Santa Clara. Clara. Yes, they're flying into SJC, and they're getting a hotel in downtown San Jose because you guys play in Santa Clara, 
in a big old open I toilet bowl. There. I know I know where they play, okay? I worked at the stadium. Great America right? on yeah. Saturday, get a nice Exactly. Cake. Um, so when the Santa Clara 49ers cake. play the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> this week, I think Brock Purdy will have a great fantasy start. Gosh, I'm just going to hijack your guys' start set too. Leave me alone. Let me live. Do it. My only fear is that that game plays at a super slow pace and the Cardinals have a terrible rush defense and it's just run, 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 run. That's my only fear. But I think Purdy will get there with a couple touchdowns. I like it. That is that is Brock's first appearance on either start or sit. So, um, Brock, welcome to the program. It's uh, What's the scene from Succession? Uh, just wanted to bring it around and say, Yo, (laughs) (laughs) Kendall, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Welcome, uh, Brock, to our segment. Um, All right, I'll I'll segue that now that I kind of butchered that joke a little. Um, So it's now or never. Say Uh, it, say it, say it. It's now or never. It's gentlemen. It is. This is the Alamo. It is the final stand. We're we're going down the ship. It is this is for everything. This is for everything. And it's it's him. It is the one we call QB1 Justin Fields at home against the Denver Broncos. We we will not quit you, Justin. We will not quit you as a program if there is any resemblance of the QB we saw from weeks five and on last year still behind that jersey it's now or never my friend the Denver Broncos just gave up 70 points and are the second worst defense in the NFL behind none other than your Chicago Bears just looking at the QB position they're giving up the second most fantasy points per game just over 24 points a game if there is ever a get right spot there is no better time than this week against denver we all have to remember it took a couple of weeks for fields last year to get right before he really broke out but it's pretty inexcusable how long it's taken this year given like we had already seen that we thought we were kind of going to pick up where we left off if that's going to happen again this year if you still have any faith in him if you still own Justin Fields, you have to start him this week. Given like where you drafted him, gotta start him. Must you start. You have to start him this week. You have to start him this week. It's there is no and ifs or buts. You've been burned. He's been QB, you know, 15, 20 throughout the year. If there's ever a time for Justin Fields to pop and reemerge into top five QB status in the fantasy world, it's now. So Justin Fields, I I'm here. I will not quit you quite yet. So I, I'm gearing up for one more battle with my guy, him. Two, two nuggets here because I also had Justin Fields as my star, and then I found out Aiden was doing it, so I wanted to offer up something else. But uh, Miami – or, I mean, sorry. Yes, Miami. I was thinking of the last week's matchup. But Denver, um, they're bottom three and both pass, rush, win weight. Win, oh, my God. Pass, rush, win, I hate when win rate. And also QB pressure rate. Like, there is going to be time for Justin Fields to throw. And, like, one of Justin Fields' specialties is his ability to throw the long ball. Um, And just looking at some of Denver's stats on coverage grade and throws of 15-plus yards, they are, like, bottom of the league team in both the coverage grade on those throws and catch percentage allowed. So I feel like there is going to be a good amount of opportunity for deep ball options for Justin Fields. And 
ran the ball season high 11 times last week. So if he can get some of that rushing floor yeah. to pick him up, I, I think it's a great matchup for him. So I want to point out one underdog um, contest piece for Justin Fields. Um, his passing yards, higher or lower, is 186.5 yards, which he is 2-1 and one on the season against um, hitting that number. To Keegan's point, like, Denver has been beat by the deep ball. They're allowing touchdowns at a pretty alarming rate. I think it's 61%. I would have to double-check of drives that are ending in touchdowns. I think 186 yards. Absolutely pencil that into one of your uh, contests this week, and I think that's absolutely going higher. I would really like it if Justin Fields had a, a good game. It would be it, so cool for my best I need ball it. teams. I it need be, it. Mm-hmm. It'd be very cool. Uh, this week, I am not starting Justin Fields or uh, Brock Purdy. I love both of those really solid matchups. I'm riding with Anthony Richardson, and yes. I know people are saying, hey, we know you're going to start Anthony Richardson. Why are you saying this? I just want people to remind themselves that Anthony Richardson was out last week. You now are looking at your sleeper app, and you see that the Rams have a little like orange color next to him. And you're like, oh, and his projection is 16 fantasy points. And you're sitting there and like, oh, I don't know if I should start Anthony Richardson this week. The reason I'm starting Anthony Richardson this week is for a couple of reasons. This is going to be a pass-happy, fast-paced matchup played indoors, covered by our Keegan Thompson on our matchup preview. This Rams defense just let a one-legged Joe Burrow carve them up with a super quick game, like, just get the ball out offense, right? And the Colts have actually ran a surprisingly pass-happy, short-passing game offense. The Colts have the second-lowest dot in the 11th fastest time to throw in the league through three games. They're getting rid of the ball quick. They're throwing it short. This bodes well for the Colts creating a safe environment for Anthony Richardson to operate opposite of Aaron Donald. And the other reason that I think that Anthony Richardson is a plus matchup in this game is that the Rams' rush defense hasn't been very good. And the Colts have one of the better run games in the league. Zach Moss tore up that Ravens front even without Richardson on the road last week. I expect Richardson to pick up where he left off before leaving week two with a concussion. He had like 17 fantasy points in like 1.5 quarters. So I feel really good about the start playing indoors against a defense that I think is exploitable. And um, I like the game environment as Keegan highlighted earlier. So um, I'm feeling good about Mr. Anthony Richardson. Keegan. Who are you sitting at quarterback this week? We have a a regular appearing in this segment, and he's back yet again. And I think the time for this guy's fantasy relevancy at the quarterback position is dwindling down to an end until I see something different. But I'm sitting Dak Prescott this week. Uh, no, he's been he's here gonna every have the game week. of his career. He's going to no. have the game of his career again. <laughs> I'm sitting them again. We're Barack. We're Barack. I just there. There's two elements to this. One, Dak has not been uh, particularly like mind blowing in fantasy, right? Like you, you can admit that he's been pretty pedestrian when it comes to fantasy at the quarterback. So far, he's finished as a QB 29, QB 17, and QB 17. Those are not numbers to get super excited about, especially when he might be your only quarterback on the roster in some of the teams that you built. Also, he's facing a New England defense that's currently allowing the sixth fewest fantasy points to the QB position this year. Right now, 
Prescott is playing a lot better against zone than man and Patriots are running man at the fourth highest rate in the NFL in 2023. They also have this new rookie stud cornerback Christian Gonzalez, who is playing out of his mind right now. I also think with the Cowboys being such decent favorites in this game, we are in for a Pollard posse matchup and not so much a Dak and passing game matchup. And so I'm not trying to knock Dak. I just think game environment, how he's finished his fantasy match or weeks this year so far and what the Patriots have been able to do against the pass game just doesn't make this an appealing matchup for me. And Dak is probably on the fringe of your quarterback. Like, well, shit, I have to start him. Like I said, he might be your only one. But, I mean, Patriots already held Tua and Hurts to like sub-15 point fantasy outings to incredible quarterbacks that have had pretty decent fantasy years. Uh, and obviously we saw what they did to Zach Wilson. Uh, but I just don't like the game environment, don't like the matchup. I think this is, like I said, a Pollard Posse um, game headed into this weekend. So Zach Prescott, probably better left on the bench. Sounds like an underwhelming 14 or 13-point outing from Dak. And they'll probably win too, but that doesn't help you win in fan. Yeah, I think he's going to be um, – yeah. He should get residency on the sit list because it's it just it feels like he's hanging out like – we are weekly. We are weekly invitees to the posse standing up, and I think that's going to happen again this week. Um, Tony Pollard is is going to be the star of the show in this one. So I'm with you, Keegan. I am. I'm. I'm not going to like completely stand with you here because I don't want to drink the milk with you. But um, I think it's a good call. <laughs> don't be a coward. I just put water. No, I'm all one over foot me. in. Oh, did I'm you say? Do you just say cow? Because like milk, cow. Cows, Cows don't drink oh. milk. They drink water. They, oh, make they make milk. They make it. All right. Let's, All right. Let's moving on. That was bad. Yes. That was bad. Yeah. Hey, who's your sit of the week at quarterback? Speaking about cowards. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to. I thought you were going to say cow. Um, no. But speaking about a guy that's like people just don't like, um, not for being a coward, for other reasons, I'm sitting Deshaun Watson versus Baltimore this week. We are we are sitting Deshaun Watson. Um it's been an up and down season for Deshaun Watson. He he opened the year week one, 21.66 points. Pretty nice way to start the year. Week two, 12.6. Bad, 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 bad for a quarterback with rushing upside. Last week, back up to 21.16. We like that, Deshaun. I think we're back towards a closer to 10-point outing this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Looking at this division, it's just consistent slugfests. Um, he only played them once last year, given the amount of time he had to miss. And he barely threw for 161 yards and a touchdown. This typically is not a matchup where there's a ton of points scored. And for that reason, I just don't see him hitting home um, kind of like some of these 20-point outings. I think his rushing would need to be quite extensive um, for him to hit that kind of 20-point mark. So I'm definitely sitting Deshaun Watson. It just feels like the AFC North, they just beat the shit out of each other. There's kind of no way around it. Every time these teams see each other, it is just an absolute slugfest. So I think there's a lot more matchups where you like Deshaun Watson's upside. Um, I think he's probably been a little bit better than honestly most people expected through three weeks. But this is not the week uh, for me to be confidently trotting him out. I'm probably looking... At my QB2, given you probably took him around QB8, QB10, there's a very good chance you've got a second QB, maybe Daniel Jones, maybe an Anthony Richardson. You're probably looking at another QB on your roster who I would 
absolutely play. There's a lot better QB matchups this week than uh, Mr. Deshaun Watson. You do not have to convince me to fade Deshaun Watson. I am with that, with that sit. The the guy I'm sitting this week is a little controversial because he's been absolutely dynamite through the first three weeks of the season, but I'm sitting Kirk Cousins. So, again, to caveat here, Kirk has been awesome. We can't deny that. I think his counting stat. I think because of his counting stats, people are going to want to continue riding the hot hand. However, this matchup really isn't as enticing as it may seem. The Panthers have been the fourth stingiest defense to quarterbacks in fantasy through three weeks. They've surrendered the ninth most passing yards, the twelfth worst completion percentage over expected, and they've really wreaked havoc with a great pass rush. They've generated ten sacks and have the second fastest time to pressure of any defense this year. This game is going to be played outdoors and on the roads. Last season, this is a cool stat, Cousins averaged 16 fantasy points per game on the road per game and 20 fantasy points per game at home. A lot of people drafted Cousins. They often did it with another QB as like a platoon approach. You probably want to keep riding Cousins. I think it's time you might put him on the bench this week, even after such a hot start. So we are starting this week, Anthony Richardson, Brock Purdy, and we're also going to give a start over to Justin Fields, him, this is the week. And we're also going to be sitting this week, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins. And Keegan, who are you sitting? Dak Prescott. And De- of course, res- <laughs> he has a residency that. in our start sit. Week four, running back, start sit. Keegan, why don't you kick us off here with the running back that you were starting this week? Uh, this guy is maybe a bit of a surprise to be in a start-sit segment. Um, This is maybe somebody that you are not expecting much of at this point as he recovers from a pretty serious knee injury. But this guy's name is Javante Williams. Javante Williams is splitting a ton of work with Samaji P. Ryan right now, and the Denver Broncos are not exactly the most effective offense in the NFL. But Keegan, why would you want to start Javante Williams? Like Javante Williams hasn't done anything listeners it's because he's playing our dearest beloved aiden hollers chicago bears this weekend right now the bears are giving up 34.7 ppr points to the running back position second worst in the league behind denver whose numbers are are probably skewed because of last week's matchup had they not gone absolutely nuclear on denver i'm sure chicago would be the worst defense against fantasy running backs um chicago 13th most rushing yards on the season and have already allowed four rushing touchdowns on the year javante interesting enough is averaging 2.4 yards after contact made for seventh best in the nfl he's already got 11 targets he just hasn't hit home with a touchdown yet i feel like he's shown a lot of progress and he's starting to look like javante of old this feels like a good get right spot for javante i'm with keegan that was actually my start of the week too um (laughs) and i think it's a surprising one given that he hasn't touched 10 fantasy points this year um and, but, like, the volume, too, has been pretty consistent. He's right around a 50% snap share. Like, it's not like he's really being ramped up by any means. Like, the volume has kind of been kind of about what we thought. I thought, like, actually, I, I take that back. I thought it was more so going to be, like, a ramp-up period where he, uh, you know, starts 20, 30, 40, 50. He's right around 45% snap share every time. But, yeah, this this defense can't stop anyone. They average about 150 total yards to the running back position on a weekly basis. This isn't likely to change this week. The defense is extremely banged up. The defensive line is is pathetic. Um, yeah, he's going to get home. It's 
it's a pretty plus plus matchup for him. I'd be willing to say him and Piron are both starts this week. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say Bogo, but if you have either one of these guys, they should probably be in your lineup. <laughs> as um, you, like these two defenses are so bad. If you have players on either side, like you're starting them, like neither one of them have proven they have the capacity to stop anything outside of like a college offense. It's it's awful. If you've been holding the Javante bag, this is kind of the week, right? It's like, okay, we're three weeks to the it, season. You've rehabbed your injury a little bit. You're tough. getting back in the swing of things. It's you tough. know how they pretty cheddar matchup. I, I started Rashad White week two. He was my start of the week against the Chicago Bears, and he did not disappoint. Uh, so I think Javante is a fine start against the Chicago Bears this Sunday. Uh, my start of the week here, it's more of just an appreciation post, uh, is, so to say. Like, if it was on Instagram, hashtag appreciation post. Um, for James Cook, okay? James Cook is my start of the week this week. Uh, this guy's been so good, and we talked about it through the draft process, why we wanted to draft him, and why his ADP was such a sharp place to take him. This guy's third in rushing yards. He's sixth in yards per carry. He's 12th in missed tackles forced. He's second in runs of 10-plus yards. And he's 10th in yards after contact per attempt. Now do the touchdowns. Like do the touchdowns. Yeah. Do, do, do the <laughs> no. touchdowns. Check this out with James Cook. So per fantasy points bell cow report, James Cook, even without the goal line carries, has the ninth most valuable RB role in fantasy through three weeks. That's pretty damn good even without the touches. And if you want to break down, because Keegan's being a hater, uh, his like percentage breakdown, 60% snap share, 49% attempt share, 49% route targets, 12% target percentage, uh, 49% of the routes, 12% target percentage, but only 17% of the teams inside the 10 carries. Aiden, this is the week, right? This is the week he gets some carries inside the 10, yeah, right? Is um, that's, that's what's happening, I right? I was like furiously like typing, trying to find the tweet. I think he's number two in the NFL for most amount of touches without a touchdown. The dude is unbelievably due. He even had a couple red zone touches last week, which like my ears were like fully perked up. I was like, here we go. I'm pretty excited for this. This might be the time. Um, but I don't think he scores in the red zone this week. I think he's gonna break one from I'm calling I'm calling a 36 yard rushing touchdown. I'm I'm calling my shot down to the absolute yardage. James Cook hits home this year. Pater does a super cool dance that I will learn. So um I'm pretty fired up. <laughs> Is this is almost like two in the air, one uh, one on the ground? <laughs> yeah, like no, we, <laughs> we're fully calling our shot. Bay Ruth, yeah, um, no, I'm I'm doing it all. Okay, so he's been an excellent runner. He has a great role, right? He 36 yard scamper touchdown is what Aiden's calling. Now he gets one of the juiciest matchups in fantasy, and this is the Dolphins rush defense. So if you haven't seen our matchup preview episode. Go check it out. It's great. We covered three priority matchups you should be targeting. We break down pretty in-depth why we want James Cook against the Dolphins' rush defense. But essentially, the TLDR, the Dolphins don't stuff any runs, and the Dolphins give up a ton of yards before contact per attempt. If you're going to give James Cook a bunch of yards before he is even touched on top of his tackle-breaking ability, it's going to create a 36-yard scamper situation that Aiden's touched on. So... I am very excited to start James Cook this week. People have got him really high up in their rankings. I am really confident about where he's going to land. And um, I'm starting him this week. I think it's an easy start for me. Start James Cook. James All Cook right. and Javante, baby. James Cook and Javante. Oh, but gosh. more importantly, you know, who are we sitting? It, it It's not all sunshines and daisies. Keegan, 
running back sits, who is going to be on your bench this week? I went back and forth on a couple backs. It was kind of hard to decide who I wanted to sit this week. Um, but I'm going to sit Brees Hall. This feels like maybe an obvious oh, one no. for people. Um, but no, 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 what's no, unfortunate no, no, no. is the usage for Brees is increasing every week, and he looks plenty healthy. But there are a lot of problems outside of Brees' health and usage that you need to take into consideration when you go into this matchup. First off, negative game script for the Jets, Chiefs heavy favorites. There could be a low volume of running opportunities as it is just by game environment, even if the Jets were playing a little bit better and they had some better metrics to tie to them. But Dalvin Cook's still getting some short yard snaps for them. Kansas City is bottom of the league and points allowed to fantasy running back position this year. They've only allowed one rushing touchdown on the year. Right now, he's projected about 47 and a half rushing yards on the underdog, like nothing crazy. He ran the ball 12 times last week, and he got 18 yards on those carries. I mean, the underdogs, the negative game scripts, the lack of rush blocking ability from the Jets right now, just the overall shit show that is the Jets. It's just not a good week to start Brees, and it sucks because his, his usage is very encouraging, and they're getting a bit more Brees involved, as they should, and giving him more touches, but I just don't think it equates to like good fantasy output quite yet. Jets run blocking is generating just .66, adjust, .66 adjusted yards before contact. That's the fifth fewest in the NFL. And they're also 26th in run blocking win rate right now. So bad environment, bad team, bad coaching, bad matchup. Don't, just don't do it. Wow. You I could feel really the pain down. in your voice. Wow. Yeah, that was, that, that That's felt. brutal. I know the Sid segment is normally like, you know, it's, it's a bit down, but yeah, no, I, I felt that one and I and I agree with you there. If I if I owned him, I would not be playing him this week. Let's keep this thing rolling. This is a guy that you probably have to start given where you drafted him, but I just think it's an awful spot. Uh, it's Joe Mixon this week. Uh, I think brutal matchup this week at the Tennessee Titans. Just peeling back the onion a couple layers here. The Titans currently are giving up the sixth least least amount of fantasy points per game to the running back position. Lethal at just about 14 <laughs> points per game on a weekly basis, which is not great. Um, Mason in general has been pretty mediocre, which is just kind of like what we've come to expect from Joe Mixon, aside from like the 140 point week you get from him. But like he's averaging 12 and a half points a game, good for running back 15. Like he is what he is. He's Joe Mixon, he's kind of close to being over the hump. And he's attached to what we thought was a really good offense, which is struggling. This offense is struggling. Just kind of a couple more stats here. Yeah, the Titans are giving up just over 50 yards a game on the ground. Um, if the Bengals are going to beat them, it's going to be through the air. They've surrendered the third most amount of passing yards through three weeks. If they're going to have any success, Joe Burrow and that calf are going to have to muster up some courage because the way to beat the Tennessee Titans is not through the ground. We've already seen it with a couple running yeah. backs ahead of him. So it, it's just a tough run matchup for Joe Mixon. It's probably like he's got to find Pater 
for him to get even close to his projection, there's no chance that between rushing yards and receiving yards alone, he matches his projection, which if I had to guess, is probably right around his average of 12 points. So tough matchup. You probably don't have a choice but to start him, but it's not encouraging. You're not doing backflips, having him in your lineup thinking, you know, here comes the monster week. At least he looked okay last week, but yeah, I'm not. It's a tough matchup, and you got to think they're going to no. beat him by passing the ball. So I like that. Um, my sit of the week is a guy that I'm a fan of, but I don't think I want to play him this week, and that's Rashad White. So Rashad White has an elite role. 80% of He's team just snaps. just ping-ponging 50- back and forth in between start sits. And I have a theory, so I'll hear it. But 80% of team snaps, 57% attempt share, 65% of the route participation, 11% target rate. He's the 13th most valuable role, according to Fantasy Point's expected Fantasy Point model. So thumbs up. We love that for Rashad White. However, the thing we don't love is Tampa Bay has PFF's 25th ranked run blocking unit. They've generated the seventh worst yards before contact per attempt, and they've been stuffed on 53% of their runs, which is third worst. The Saints have surrendered the seventh fewest fantasy points per game to running backs. They've given up the ninth fewest yards before contact, and they've surrendered just one rushing touchdown this season. This game kind of seems like a slow slog divisional matchup. I can't really predict how it's going to go. Um, but the only way Rashad White is going to hit home in this game, in my opinion, is with a rushing score, or he's going to have to get there through the air as a receiver. But through three weeks, Baker's been ultra-aggressive. If you have Mike Evans, it's because Baker's looking downfield trying to make shit happen. He's playing for his NFL career, and he's just throwing the ball deep. Not a ton of checkdowns to Rashad White. And until Baker's proving that he's going to take those checkdowns, White's a guy you're going to play in plus matchups because of his elite role. And he's a guy you probably are going to want to avoid in bad matchups because his offensive line's bad. So, and I did a bunch of research. Rashad White's like a top 15 ranked PFF running back, good pass blocker. He's, he's just has a bad O line and he's not that good, but he's not awful. And it's just kind of a bad setup if he's playing a good defense. So I'm, uh, I'm sitting white. I'm, I'm good off white this week. I'm with you. No, no argument for me. Feels like his his kind of flaws are just getting kind of magnified this year. So yeah, it's it's tough watching him. So we're starting Javante Williams and starting James Cook, and we are sitting Joe Mixon, Rashad White, and and I always forget Keegan's. My brain it turns into mush. Brees Hall first. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. That's where we're sitting this week, fellas. Week four starts. Sit wide receivers. Keegan Thompson, who are you starting this week at wide receiver? So if you're tuning in and you haven't watched our matchup preview, I encourage you to go back to the Regression of the Mean channel. Go check out our week four matchup preview. I highlighted the Indianapolis Colts versus the Los Angeles Rams matchup. And one thing that I hinted at uh, was the matchup opportunity I feel is pretty awesome here for Puka Nakua. So Colts are currently allowing the seventh most points per game to the wide receiver position in terms of fantasy point production. Um, Colts, one of the most heavy zone defenses in the NFL this season. But when they deploy the zone coverage, they rank 24th in coverage grade, according to PFF. Right now, Puka Nakua, as it stands, has 55.9 PPR points against zone and sees an absolutely bonkers 35.4% target rate 
against zone schemes. He's got 299 yards versus zone and has 26 receptions as well. His 84.9 PFF grade against zone is seventh among qualifying wide receivers. And he's currently 10th in fantasy points per route run. I feel like this is a absolute home run smash in what maybe is the last week without Cooper Cup. Get in while the getting's hot. And let's see some Puka Nakua magic happen again. You sure about that? You sure about that? The Cooper Cup stat. I love Puka, though. I'm I'm all in on Puka this week. He's like a top 12 play. Uh, Aiden, who are you starting at wide receiver this week? I can't believe it. I can't believe it after after everything we said this summer. But I'm feeling it. I'm I'm Adam feeling it this week, dude. I am I'm Adam feeling it, baby. And I'm not embarrassed to say, it. yeah, it's here we are. Here we are, week four, and I'm oh and I'm goodness. feeling the vibes, dude. Coming off of tw- back to back twenty burgers, dude. Last game he caught eleven of fourteen targets, hundred forty five yards and a tutty. He had thirty one and a half. PPR points last week. Who does he play this week? The Minnesota Vikings, baby. Revenge game. Adam Thielen has returned. The Vikings have given up the third most amount of fantasy points to wide receivers, giving up just over 50 points per game to the position. They are getting absolutely toasted through the air, especially to the wide receiver position. Andy Dalton, I can't believe it. We've already highlighted this in past episodes. Andy Dalton is absolutely elevating this Carolina Panthers offense. For as long as he plays quarterback with Bryce Young out, Adam Thielen is like, dude, he's like a solid wide receiver to borderline one. This is ridiculous what we're seeing. We thought this guy was complete dust. Adam Thielen is, I think, a great play. That secondary is not good. They're not getting a ton of pressure. Give me Adam Thielen. I cannot believe it. That is my start of the week. Interesting thing with Thielen is they've actually moved him into the slot as a full-time slot player, and I think that's helped 70%, him get, get, like 70%. get open. I really hope Andy Dalton plays as a Bryce truther. I never thought I would say that, but uh, that is that is where we're at. My take doesn't count of... if Bryce plays, but Andy Dalton is is like <laughs> no the yeah. milk the milk may spoil. Just just gonna throw that out there, but we'll we'll see. But I hear that we're writing a caveat to spoiled milk. It's like I didn't mean to leave it out, but I might have. Uh, my start of the week at. At wide receiver is uh, Nico Collins, uh, a uh, darling of this podcast uh, when we were talking over the summer. So he's facing off against the Steelers. The Steelers defense has surrendered the fifth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Nico Collins is making a killing over the middle of the field this season. He's second only to Tyreek Hill in yards and receptions over the middle of the field. And he's actually generated 7.4 yards after catch per reception as a receiver over the middle of the field. Really impressive stuff for Collins through the beginning of the year. The Steelers' defense has been garbanzo beans guarding the middle of the field this year. Second most yards given up, most receptions, most targets. This game is being played indoors and ranks third in adjusted pace. I expect C.J. Stroud to get home this week, thrown to his stud wide receiver Nico Collins over the middle of the field. Moving on to sits of the week, Keegan Thompson. Who is going to be on your bench as a wide receiver this week? I'm going to uh, rip a little parlay off your QB sit of the week this week, Sean, that we highlighted in our QB video. Um, And I think it's a good week to sit Jordan Addison. Um, Carolina 
has actually been pretty good against wide receivers this year. They're allowing the four fewest fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position right now. Um, I think what I'm kind of like going into this week thinking and observing here is KJ Osborne is the wide receiver and two wide receiver sets currently as it stands across from Justin Jefferson. And until I see that change, Jordan Addison will just remain a heavy boom bust play. So when it comes to looking at your matchups and who they're going up against, Carolina has been pretty good, like I mentioned, against fantasy wide receivers. And I think that's just a tough matchup overall for the Vikings pass game, um, which feels weird to say. I don't think I would usually be thinking that about Carolina, but here we are. Um, he watched his yards per target go from 10 all the way up to 14.4 due to some deep balls all the way down, plummeted to 6.5 last week. Um, right now, underdog lobby has him projected at three receptions, 39 and a half receiving yards. Um, love the player. Ooh. Hate the matchup this week. Oh, that's bad. 39 over under rough. That's Aiden, tricky. That's, you... yeah, yeah, it's not very high. Who are you sitting at wide receiver this week? So I know what Evan's been thinking. Evan's been messaging me about it. Hey, Aiden, we haven't had a BOGO in a while. We want a BOGO. We want a BOGO. We want to buy one, and we want a freebie. We want a freebie. So guess what? I'm back, baby. What a deal no. for Aiden. I'm sitting both Tennessee pass catchers, baby. This offense stinks. That's the both of these guys stink. BOGO ever. DeAndre Hobbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this feels like a bogo Dude, that just much. Went for the layup, it's a layup. It, this kind of feels. This layup. feels like the oh guys, be careful! Somebody smashed my window and left Traylon Burks and DeAndre Hopkins shares. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this feels like. If you haven't fully given up on these guys. Dude, it's so dark. Just listen to these three games, like these averages through three games. DeAndre Hopkins is <laughs> oh, catching no. five of eight targets for 51 yards, has not found pay dirt. Burks has caught two of four for 34 yards, zero touchdowns. Bengals are in the top half of the NFL in terms of uh, passing yards allowed, only allowed four touchdowns through the air. This offense stinks, man. Ryan Tannehill is a war criminal. He's likely in fantasy jail. We just haven't really discussed it. Maybe we have, actually. But He's it's so bad, done. dude. He's so it's done. bad. This this guy's so unbelievably cooked, and this offense is just bad. He threw for like 100 yards last week. If you're still putting either one of these guys in your lineup, dude, just shoot me a DM. Like, you know, like maybe someone needs a hug. I don't know what it is. Like, I'll help you because it 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 shouldn't be this way, man. This is more like buy half get half free like this doesn't really equal two this is like two guys together that equal maybe one has a total this feels like when i said cole commit and it was like well duh um well yeah this is a bogo but like it's a bad one it's like an expired it, like it's like the bad bagels that get put out and you get them for really cheap look if you have Traylon burke still on your roster you're you're hanging in <laughs> tough right now just straight up i've dropped him in a league um I like, yeah, sitting DeAndre Hopkins makes sense. It's brutal. He's injured. Tannehill's dust. It's it's a really not an ideal matchup. Uh, my sit of the week is, uh, is Christian Kirk uh, for, the, no, for the Jacksonville no, Jaguars no. playing the Falcons in London. Um, 638 for West Coasters. The, uh, the Falcons have been the sixth stingiest team to wide receivers this season. Turns out bringing Jesse Bateson, that safety, I think has really helped. Their cornerback room is much improved. 
Uh, the Jaguars' pass game has been like choppy at best. Lawrence is they've they've left a lot on the table. Tons um, of drops. And Kirk's been solid except for that terrible Week One performance. So Kirk typically when he does well, he hits home against zone coverage on digs, posts, corners, and curls. And the Falcons have surrendered the 17th fewest yards on those routes. So, they, again, it's you want to know really why I'm sitting Christian Kirk this week? Um, London games are super weird. Uh, the Falcons have had a pretty good secondary, and they're pretty run-happy, so game script. And then the reason why we're sitting Christian Kirk is because the Calvin Ridley revenge tour, baby. Revenge season Whoa. is upon us. Revenge narrative. Keegan knows revenge pays, revenge sells. We follow revenge where we can. Calvin Ridley doesn't get revenge in, in Atlanta. He has to fly across the pond to play a wacky, weird Sunday morning game in England. I don't really want anything to do with that matchup beside of Calvin Ridley and maybe somebody else teasing it for later. But um, I don't know. I just uh, I, I'm sitting Kirk. I'm riding Calvin Ridley, and um, I think this matchup is just weird. So get Kirk on the bench if you can. I kind of like Christian Kirk this week. <laughs> what'd you what'd you say, Keith? Like, what'd you I, say? I kind of like Christian Kirk this week. Who the fuck said that? Well, I hated Brock Purdy in quarterbacks, so we're even. No, why do you like Kirk? It's fine. Why do you like him? I just think uh, Zay Jones banged up. I think the passing offense for Jacksonville is going to regress positively. I think there's lots and lots of food to eat on the Buffet de Lawrence. I'm with Keegan and it's here. Going. I, I think they've left so much on the table. They are, yeah, they there's leftovers in the fridge, and I think they're gonna they're yeah they're gonna finish them this week. Calvin Ridley's finna eat against his old team. I just said finna on a podcast. I can't believe that's where we got to at this point I, in the evening. But uh, they can both eat. But, we'll, sorry, we'll we'll talk see. about this. And milk was a bad choice on Sunday. Yeah. We'll see where this lands. Week four, tight ends, everyone's favorite position. We're uh, we're doing start sit here. Pretty much everyone's a start at this point for tight end. But Keegan, tell me who you are starting at tight end. This oh, week. we are going to the well of Muth this week in the Pat Fryer booth oh. uh, start of the week at the tight end position. Found the end zone last week on three receptions, 41 yards. Uh, that sounds so awful, but for tight end land, that is a fantastic day. Listen, Texans have surrendered 16 receptions for 158 yards and a, a touchdown over the last two weeks. The Colts and the Jaguars tight ends currently ranked bottom 10 in the NFL and fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. Right now, I want you to tell me who leads the league at the tight end position in end zone targets? Jake, Jake Ferguson. Ferguson. It's Travis Kelsey and Pat Fryermuth with four apiece. Damn it. Oh, wow. I, wow. I was super confident, too. I thought it was answer. the Ferg, man. We both said it together. Um, according to PFF. Is someone this eating is, something? Is someone eating like a cracker? Yes, dude. Aiden has a wrapper or something by his microphone. Just, Wait, are, you, are you eating a cracker? He's clicking a damn pen. I was like, no. is, that, is someone hitting I've a red, green saltine? No. I was so confused. I'm playing I'm playing with a pen. I'm just a all fidgeter. These, no, all this I, during my fidgeter. segments. All right, look. Pat Fryer moves. Start him. Get him in your lineup. <laughs> On to the next one, please. All right. Or, yeah, my turn. Or as I should Keegan be saying, hates this Oi, bro. so much. Oi, bro, down to London we go. No, Evan yes. Ingram, 
Evan oh, Ingram, oh. baby. Evan Ingram. No, I'm not doing Kyle Pitts. I like to have fun. No, Evan Ingram. Welcome to the starting lineup, dude. This guy's sneaky, trending in the right direction, bro. Eight targets, two games in a row. Good for six catches, 57 yards. And seven catches for 67 yards. This guy, especially for the tight end position, I'll take that any day of the week, baby. Especially early morning Sundays. I love that. Not to mention the Falcons have given up the first... Oh, my God. I can't talk tonight. First. They have given up the fourth most... They have given up the fourth, fourth. most amount of points to tight end thus far. Um, along with two touchdowns. So... I'm going another bold prediction because that's just what I do. I'm just calling stuff out. Evan Ingram's finding pay dirt, and I'll be sleeping. I'll be sleeping probably. He's going to get pay dirt. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have every one of my DMs and mentions. He, you're so smart. How did you know? And that's just what's going to happen. So Evan Ingram, baby, get yourself some fish and chips. You earned it, my brother. Perfect. Evan Ingram scores. Christian Kirk doesn't. Um, yep. I, I love that. Okay, so I'm staying in the same game, baby. Don't do this. In do London. Do I am staying. I'm getting up at 6:30 to grip it and rip it. I have got Kyle freaking Pitts <laughs> is my start of the week here. I really can't quit this guy. I've got a problem. But every time I look at the stats, it's just a blinking red light. So the Jags have surrendered the fourth most points per game to tight ends this season. Kyle Pitts underlying numbers remain elite. 19% target rate, 86% route participation, 35% air yard shares. He has one of the best roles a tight end could ask for. He looked a little gimpy, but he burnt that corner on what should have been a 90-yard walk-in touchdown if Desmond Ritter wasn't awful at quarterback. Um, Ritter is bad, but Pitts is going to continue to get targets at the tight end position in a positive matchup. You want the tight end who's going to get targets. Also, Kyle Pitts is returning to London. Can we remind you all of everyone that drafted Kyle Pitts his rookie year? The last time he was in London, nine catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. The best game of his career. Country roads, take me home. They're singing it when Pitts gets in the end zone. They're going to unleash Kyle of downtown Ab Downton Abbey. They're going to be chiming the big Pitts clock. They're going to be walking Pittsy Road. Whatever lame pun we can do it, fire me up. He's getting in the end zone this week. Kyle Pitts is scoring a touchdown. I'm planting my flag. It's happening. All right, there we go. Keegan, you seem really juiced about this segment. Who are you sitting here at tight end in week four? Uh, I mean, it doesn't even matter at the tight end position. Really, does it? Um, I'm going to say Life something. tight end? I, I, I honestly matter? picked a player just to like feel something and say something bold. Uh, Dallas Goddard, just sit him this weekend. No, I think I Keep think going. last year we we saw this beginning, and I think we're always just like wanting and hoping that Dallas Goddard will be one of these elite tight ends that you can play every week. But I just think the fantasy production comes too much from Jalen Hurts tush pushes. DeAndre Swift, 160-yard games, A.J. Brown, deep balls, and Devontae Smith playing really good wide receiver. And there's not much left after that. The passing game has definitely regressed for this team this year. Um, they're trying to manufacture touches for Dallas Goddard, like behind the line of scrimmage, weird tight end bubble screens. And I just don't think that's the best way to get him production. Like there's some obvious play calling regression for the tight end usage, I think, for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Um, and you know what? He'll probably get you nine points this week, and that's fine. Um, that's fine for most things. So it's always hard to say who you should sit at tight end without being like, you should sit Dalton Schultz. Um, but, yeah, I just don't think the Dallas Goddard <laughs> uh, game this week is, is going to happen. I mean, was- Washington's actually the sixth best team against tight end in fantasy points per game right now, too. So it's kind of a sneaky bad matchup for him. And I just think – the way the offense has played out for the Eagles, it's another week where you'll probably be disappointed by Dallas Goddard and they'll have like four touchdowns for 30 yards. Or four four receptions, not four wow. touchdowns, because that would be crazy. That is sad. Nate. I, wow, that was a sad. I stand with Dallas Goddard. That was a sad. I stand with Dallas Goddard. Um, I kind of am with you, though. I, I, he should be better. I don't get it. Like, let's get him involved more. Back-to-back weeks with seven targets and hasn't found Pater yet, I think. They're just is, like – po- he never scores touchdowns. They're poopy manufactured targets. Until this week. And they're never going to throw the ball in the red they zone. They go into the red zone and – yeah, they go It's very zone, forced it's like, targets. It's very – yeah. They're doing like, like just like trying to like, like, like check a box. Yeah, like check Dude, a they're going to tush push from like 35 yards out. <laughs> At what some point they're doing season. it from the yeah. third three yard line. They're doing it from the three yard line now. It's I don't. It, it's terrible. It's it's so annoying to watch. It's hey, just stop it. Well, no one can. So maybe we just can't. eliminate it because it's it's we ass. Can't. Aiden, we I think can't. we have the same sit right. Uh, David and Joku. I am sitting um, David and Joku as well. He's all, he's honestly like he's not very high ranked to start with. So like this is probably just like another one I get like shit on for. Um. But yeah, no, the Ravens have given up the second least amount of points to tight ends this year. Just four points a game to the position. They haven't given up a touchdown yet on top of that. And Joku hasn't seen more than four targets a game or scored more than 6.8 fantasy Dude, points. his role sucks. It's not a good It's role. like Elijah Moore is just like pretty much just like pretty much sucked up his targets and DPJs in what is already a bad Yo, come on. Uh, Sucked up and DPJ? What is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Come on. The people need me. The mean team's listening. Uh, Yeah, no, just just a bad matchup. If if you haven't seen our other matchup previews yet, or not our matchup previews, our start sits, I already said to sit Deshaun Watson. So, um, yeah, pretty much wow. sit all of his pass catchers, not named Amari Cooper. Um, Correlation. That's just some bonus sits for me. Yeah, it's, yeah, we're correlating here in our tight end video. So, yeah, David and Joku, welcome to the bench, brother. Um, you 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 said it really well. Second most fantasy points for under tight ends. Um, and and Joku's barely been used after being touted as the star of the Browns camp oh. uh, this offseason. Uh, he's the clear third option in this offense. Where, like, Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore both have, like, 25% target rates, and he's at, like, 11. And you guys got to hear this. What do you think David Njoku's average depth of target is this season? Four yards. It's (laughs) 1.5. Jesus Christ. He's getting the Rondell Moore target. (laughs) He's getting the Rondell Moore targets, bro. He's getting used, like, Debo. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're benched, David. He you're has one point eight percent of their air yards, like total air yards. He has one point eight percent. That's I would take. I would the, take all of his lowers, all of his lowers on. He's an afterthought, and he, and he he doesn't have a single end zone target. It's like if you're not getting targeted in the red zone, what are we doing here? I I don't. If they're not going to run him deep, Deshaun Watson's not going to throw it to him. Like Deshaun Watson just loves to throw the ball deep. So if he's not running deep routes, it's not going to be working for Joku. Just leave him on the bench. 
That's what, that's what yep. I'm taking. Leave all tight ends on the bench. Get rid of the position, dude. That's it for our week four preview. We uh, went through our favorite matchups and matchup spotlight. We went position by position and gave you fantasy start sit advice for week four. Keegan, before we jump, anything you have to say to the listeners? Nope. Please stop. Uh, please stop talking to me about my Josh Kelly eighty dollar bid. Please. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks. I'm sick of it. I don't need to hear about it anymore. Yeah, we. I keep seeing that in your mentions. I got another one today. No. I got another one today. I fit. I favorited it. I favorited it. I like you it. should. You should start from hashtag um, because of the content. Just leave me alone. All right. I wasted my money. My money's gone. <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah. But that's it. Um, Aiden, uh, what do you have? To, what do you have to say to the listeners? Uh, Bears thirty-one, Broncos twenty-eight. Bears down, baby. Let's go. Uh, thank you everybody for for tuning in. Until next time.